Uh, so I, I was given the charge to, you know, think about the future. And uh, that made me consider, okay, my future here in Florence and our future here as a church, what is that? And uh, one phrase that kept sticking out to me uh, time and time again was this phrase, loving the lost into the family of God. Loving the lost into the family of God. That's something that's been ingrained in me for the past year or so. And I believe that it's a beautifully true picture of God's heart for you and for me and for everyone around us. In the same way that Pastor Rob just shared that God is the one who builds the house, I believe we can find proof in the Bible that God will build his family. And we are that family. The local church, small, medium, or large, is at its core a family. And it's a family that's full of loved, chosen, saved, redeemed people, lost people who are continuing to be found by a God who loves you at your worst, who hopes for you when you have no hopes, and dreams for you and ultimately wants you and me and all of us to find and live life to the full. So for just a moment, if you take your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11, I'd like to look at the, the story of the prodigal son. If you're not familiar with that story, we're going to read it right now, uh, but at least culturally we have the concept uh, that's pretty well known in our culture today, that idea of uh, prodigal. All right. Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Whew, man. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate the feast. 
For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. How many of you know that's good? A party starts. Get that party started. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Amen. I want to briefly share three parts of the story that jumped out at me as I was considering our future as a church. The first is the perspective of the prodigal son when he came to his senses. This guy's hit rock bottom. He's in the middle of his mess. Uh, He has this thought that, you know, workers, hired hands in his father's house have it better than he does. And so he decides to go back. And I mean, that's a, a literal, I mean, anything's better than being in a pig pen trying to eat pig food. So just being real. But this way of thinking reveals that he doesn't really know the father. He has no clue. Even though he's related to him, he doesn't know the father. He doesn't know because... All he can see is how far he's gone away from the father and the family and how bad things are right now. So the son goes back thinking that all the father would receive from him would be work. That all that, that the only way the father would accept him is if he proved his worth through service. And since this story really shows us the heart of God the father, the truth is that that way of thinking confuses the character of God with the character of the world. The character of this world just wants a transaction. What can you give me so that I can give you something? And so, thinking that the only way that God's going to take us back or would ever have anything to do with us is through religion or through our own efforts somehow, that it's somehow what we do and not who we are. It fails to see that the God who created you and loved you enough to go through death in the grave to bring you new life has actually chosen you and me and everyone while we were still sinners, lost in our mess. But despite that limited perspective, at least he had the, the thought, man, I should go back home. I should go back to the Father. So the second part I'd like to highlight is the loving response of the father. You know, the father, he, 
had every right to be offended by the actions of his son. The father had every reason to believe the worst about this kid. This same father, though, had such a deep, deep love for his son that he didn't care how foolish of a decision this was. He loved his son. He was still his boy. So when he saw his son return, he did what most men his age would not do, and he booked it. He ran to go meet his son. And you know what's interesting to me? Before the son could even get a word out to try to prove his worth to his father, that whole speech that he'd been rehearsing the whole time on his way from the pig pen back to his dad, he wasn't able to say anything, and the father embraced him. The father ran to him, which means that he still chose his son. The father embraced him, which means that he received and accepted his son right where he was at, stank and all. He was just hanging out with pigs, y'all. That's pretty stanky. Have y'all driven past a pig pen? It's not good. So my point is, that's love right there that a dad would do that. But then not only that, he kisses his child, which means that the father's love was not an accident. It wasn't an afterthought. It was intentional. He meant to do it. And that love ultimately led to the son realizing his place in the family again. But catch this, the prodigal didn't work for it. He didn't work for his place. The father, in his mercy and love for the son, made the way for the son to be brought back into the family. The father built his family. The loving response of the father shows us that God wants the lost to be found. Here, Jesus shows us that God the father is loving the lost into the family. And lastly, the third part I'd like to briefly highlight uh, highlight is the prideful response of the elder brother. News of the celebration reaches the prodigal's brother, uh, and his response is pretty much the opposite of the father's. The older brother was obedient. He was faithful. He made sure to honor the father and all his actions. The older brother who was someone who I imagine worked pretty hard, and he probably had to pick up the slack from all his younger brother's wanderings. He was probably pretty personally mad at his brother. And we know that because it said that he was. He was angry that his brother had returned. Now, I would submit to you today that that the older brother, even though he had been faithful all those years, was still just as lost and needed the love of the father as the prodigal did. Because he didn't really know the father's character either. He thought that the father should be just as indignant as he was because he was offended on the father's behalf. He didn't have a clue because all he could see is how he had stayed with the father and stayed with the family all that time and that that staying and that work had made a difference and that he was so wrapped up in what he could do that he forgot who he was. A son. The older brother believed that his worth and placement in the family was secured by what he could do. But that's not how the love of God works. That's not the hope of the gospel. That's not why we're here this morning. 
We are a family that's centered on the fact that though we don't deserve it and we have not earned it, God, in His mercy and His love for us, while we were lost, His love made the difference to bring us back into family. And so the challenge for us this morning is this. How will we respond when we experience someone in the world who is lost? Assuming we've been found. Whether they walk through these doors of the church or if we meet them in our everyday life when we're at the grocery store or, you know, getting hardware down at True Value or anywhere else in town, maybe walking the boardwalk, I don't know. When we encounter somebody, how do we respond to them? Do we respond like the older brother or like the father? Family, my heart for you and for me is twofold. That we would experience the reckless but intentional love of God and that everything we think, say, and do would be shaped by that reality. The second thing, is that we would show that same love that we've received from the Father to everyone we meet. A love that pursues before anyone goes through the doors of this building. And that you would seek out people in your life who are lost. That you wouldn't just hang out with all your saved friends. And that even if they don't look like you or talk like you or act like you or smell like you, hopefully they smell a little better have some deodorant on or something, make them smell a little better. (laughs) But, you know, that you would seek them out and that you would show them that love because they need it. And we still need it each and every day. I don't know about you, but even though I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I I still need God's grace and God's mercy. I still need love. I, I need His love. To shape me. And so I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm, I'm not having to go to the Father with either. And so my heart for our church as we go forward is that we would be a people loving the lost into the family of God.